Welcome to our class on Chassidus. This week we're going to be learning a special Hasidic discourse, which is called V'hoya Ekev Tishmun. It's based on the first verse in this week's Torah portion. The Rebbe said this Hasidic discourse on Shabbos Parshas Ekev, which is also Chaf of the anniversary of the passing of the Rebbe's father, in the year Tavshin Chaf Zayin, which the Rebbe said this 53 years ago. The Rebbe certified and edited this Hasidic discourse in the year Tavshin Mem Zayin, which was 30 years ago. So the discourse is a very, very powerful and meaningful discourse. First of all, it's a deep Hasidic discourse from the Rebbe that was certified and edited. It was also said in honor of the Rebbe's father's yard site, his anniversary of his passing, which is Chafav, which this year is going to be next week on Monday, Mertashem. So we're going to have some powerful teachings, not only from the Rebbe, but also from the Rebbe's father um, in honor of this uh, Pasha, Shabbos Pasha's Ekev. So the, ver- the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse in the beginning of the Parsha, where it says, V'hoya Ekev Tishmun. It will be Ekev because you're going to listen. You're going to observe the commandments of Hashem, and therefore Hashem is going to give you tremendous blessings. So I just want to tell you just the beginning, there's a tremendous, beautiful Hasidic uh, revolutionary idea that Rebbe introduces it here. So just to give you um, a frame of reference, when we get to it, we'll, we'll, we'll appreciate it. Generally speaking, we know we, every person has an Ephesian kiss and an Ephesian Bahamas. We have a godly soul, we have an animal soul. Now the godly soul is we can always connect it to God, and the godly soul wants to do what Hashem wants. The animal soul wants to do what the animal soul wants. It's a struggle, constantly between the godly soul and the animal soul. But we all know that the godly soul is stronger than the animal soul. And the goal is for the godly soul to transform the animal soul. So throughout life, if we're lucky, and we usually hopefully are, that many, many times throughout life, the animal soul is constantly being transformed and elevated to a higher level. The godly soul, we don't think it has to be elevated because it's a part of God. Here in this discourse, the Rebbe actually teaches us that there is an upgrade to the godly soul, a new novel idea, an upgrade to the godly soul, where the godly soul does more than the nature of the godly soul. That's the concept which we're going to learn in depth inside the Hasidic Discourse. Another powerful idea the Rebbe teaches us, which will be later on in the Discourse towards the end, where the Rebbe enlightens us that when we learn the teachings of, for example, the Rebbe's father, and the Rebbe's father went in Messiris Nefesh. So because he went in Messiris Nefesh and we learn his teachings, anything he had to accomplish through the Messiris Nefesh, we can accomplish the same thing by learning his teachings. Obviously, we don't have to do the Messiris Nefesh, but we have to give over Messiris Ruts and we have to give over our will to Hashem. These are two powerful ideas in this discourse. So I just wanted to mention it right in the beginning so you'll know to, what to expect, these beautiful chidushim, these new novel ideas, when and as we get to it. Okay, so the Mimer begins based on the verse where it says in the parsha, V'hoya Ekev Tishmun. It will be because you're going to listen. So we all know that God gave us Bechira Chavshis. We all have freedom of choice. We could listen and not listen. So what does it mean the Torah says, Tishmun. You for sure going to listen? Is it a guarantee we're going to listen? What happened to my freedom of choice? So that Samach Tzedek, which is the third Chabad Rebbe says, that why is it a guarantee we're going to listen? Because we're talking about before Mashiach is going to come. 
And before Mashiach comes, we know everyone's going to do tshuva. Everyone is going to repent. So v'hayayik of tishmun. Previous generations were not sure you have freedom of choice. But because now we're before Mashiach's coming, and there's a tremendous awakening for everyone to do tshuva, so we know for sure that everyone will do tshuva, and because everyone will do tshuva, therefore the verse says, it's for sure you're going to listen. What's the idea? Because Akev refers to the, the heels, the footsteps of Mashiach. In that period of time, everybody will for sure listen. That's one idea right in the beginning. Then the, the, the Tzamech Tzedek in the same Chesedek explains that in the verse where it says, Tishmerun, Ushmartem Vasisem Oison, Tishmerun means you're going to watch. Ushmartem, you're going to observe. Vasisem, you're going to do. I mean, it's three different expressions of doing. What's the whole idea of three different expressions? So he explains, Kabbalistically, it's referring to, we all know that we have three garments that we serve Hashem. We have Machshava, we have our thoughts. We have deeper, we have our speech. And we have Maisa and we're action. So the Tzamech Tzedek says, we will observe and listen and connect to Hashem on all three levels. On Machshava, our thought, our Dibur, our speech, and our Maisa and our action. And what, is the, what, is the, what does the verse say? Then Hashem says He's going to give us bris, the covenant, a place of chesed, and shvua, an oath. So what is it? Is it bris, chesed, or shvua? So the Tzadok Tzadok explains, and at great length in the original text, that because we're going to observe machshava, dibra, maisa, we're going to get these three levels of gifts from Hashem, from the machshava of Hashem, from the Dibur, from the Maisa, from the thought, speech, of action of Hashem, we will receive those powerful blessings. So again, we, before Mashiach comes, we're for sure going to listen. And we're for sure going to observe. Observe on all three levels. Machshava, Dibur, Maisa, thought, speech, and action. What is the reward that we're going to get? We're going to get the reward of Machshava, Dibur, Maisa, Bris, Chesed, and Shrua, thought, speech, and action of Hashem. We're going to get tremendous presence from Hashem, high-level gifts. So the Rebbe asked a simple question. We all know that the soul, before it came down this world, where was it? It was on high. It was in the Machshav of Hashem. It was in the highest levels. So what does the Rebbe say? He's like fighting for us. Wow. You're coming down here to this world. You're struggling. You're going through all the challenges that people have in this world. All the darkness, etc. And what are we getting? We're getting where we started from. That's not a reward. The reward is you should get something more than before. So the Rebbe actually explains that what does it mean we're going to get thought, speech, and action? It means like this. That when the Shama comes down to this world and you have to deal with the body and you have to deal with the animal stall and yes, it's a struggle. So what's going to happen then is and you're going to serve Hashem with your heart. Meaning to say it's not only superficially, not only mechanically, but you're going to open up your heart to Hashem up to the point where you're willing to do mysterious nefesh. You're willing to totally give up everything for Hashem. Then you'll receive not machshav, only machshav adibar ma'isa, because that's not a big reward. You're going to get the reward of atzmus. The essence of Hashem is going to be revealed to you. So the reward is the essence of Hashem which will be much, is much greater than you had before originally. Because what you had before originally is just Machshavah Dira that we had before. So what's the big reward? And the reward is that we're going to have the Atzmas, the essence of Hashem, is going to be revealed to us. Now, so based on this, what is the, what is the, what is the Tzemach, say, Tzemach Tzedek saying? Through the Avoidah of Ikvistim Mashiach, which means before Mashiach comes, and when we do our Avoidah, what are we going to have? 
we're going to for sure do what Hashem wants, we're going to get tremendous rewards. So based on this, Rebbe connects this to another medrash, where the medrash says that schar mitzvah, the reward of the mitzvah, you're going to get be'ekab an yoyis lechem. In other words, that the reward of Atzmas, the essence of Hashem, we're going to get when? When Mashiach comes, and that we're going to get for the Avoidah now. So the Rebbe basically connects the two ideas. Through the Avoidah now, in Ikvas the Mashiach, which with all the challenges of it, we're going to get the reward, what kind of reward, after Mashiach comes, the powerful gifts and the, pow- the powerful um, revelation of the essence of Hashem. Now, so then the Rebbe says, now he brings in that um, uh, from his father. We know the Rebbe's father was a Kabbalist. So the Rebbe's father brings a, a, an, an explanation. What does it mean that the Avoida now, that we're doing now, in Ixus Mashiach, we're going to get the reward after Mashiach comes. And he says, based on where it says in Tanya, that through the fact that we do Ma'aseinu and Avoida Seinu, two terms, Ma'isa means action, Avoido means work. Through that, we're going to do Masenu and Avoido Senu. Now, we will get reward when? In Yemoisa Mashiach and Tchiyas HaMesim. Now, so let's clarify. There's two terms. There's a term of Maisa, doing the action, doing the mitzvot, the physical action, simple activities. And then there's the, something which is called Avoido, doing the work. Intense work. Through the fact that we do Maseinu Vavayidaseinu, the actions and the work, we're going to get the schar of Yemoisa Mashiach and Tchiyas HaMesim. So the Rebbe's father says that there's two words, Maseinu Vavayidaseinu. And there's also two terms, Yemoisa Mashiach and Tchiyas HaMesim. So we all know when Mashiach comes, there's something which is going to be Yemoisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach. That's first. And after the days of Mashiach, there's going to be the resurrection of the dead. Whole different level of revelation of Hashem, whole different revelation of miracles. So the Rebbe's father says, through that, that we will do Ma'aseinu, what are we going to get? We're going to get the reward of Yemois Mashiach. And through the fact that we're going to do Avoidoseinu, that type of work, we're going to get the reward of Tchiyas HaMesim. So that's the way the Rebbe's father explains um, the difference between Ma'aseinu v'avoyidaseinu and Yemoisa Mashiach and Tchiyas Mason, which is basically, which the author mentioned in Tanya, but the, but the Rebbe's father adds that it's the two different avoiders. One is the avoid of Ma'aseinu, the other one is the avoid of avoyidaseinu, and each one gives rewards in different times. Now, what does that mean, Ma'aseinu? What does that mean, avoyidaseinu? So we know that the author explains in Tanya as follows. Masenu means anything that you do naturally. So anything that you're naturally accustomed to do, that you don't have to really work too hard in doing, anything that's your teva, anything that's in your nature, and avoidasenu is when you break your nature. You're not necessarily comfortable doing it, but you do it anyway. So in other words, like this. So there's two avoiders that we do in this world. We have the avoider of masenu, anything that we naturally do, anything that we're comfortable doing, anything that we do, so that's amazing. It's a Masainu. It's the work that we normally do. What kind of reward you're going to get for that? Yemaisa Mashiach or Mashiach comes. When you go above and beyond the call of duty and you do things that you're normally not necessarily comfortable doing, you do avoid the Seinu, then you get the avoid which avoid the avoid the what of Tchiyas Mason. So the Rebbe says that, his, that the Rebbe's father says, I and Shom look over there in Tanya. 
So the Rebbe says, my father says, look over there. It's not just a simple shot that Masainu, which means when I do my regular work, I'm getting Moisim Mashiach. And avoid the Seinu gives me Tchiyas Amesim. Obviously, there's something deeper that my father is referring to when he says, I and Shom, look over there. So the Rebbe explains like this. And he says as follows. <clears throat> Why is it that we naturally have an inkling to do chesed, to be charitable, to have rachamim, to have compassion for somebody, to take, take an interest in somebody, uh, help people. Why is that? So the Rebbe explains, the reason is, because what is our source of our neshama? Our neshama, our source for our neshama comes in the midos of Hashem, the emotions of Hashem. In the emotions, we know Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzachoyed, Yisoy, the Malchus. So, in the emotions, it's known that Chesed is naturally stronger than Gvura. So, even though Chesed is an emotion and Gvura is an emotion, so when someone asks you to do something, it's a 50 50. You can either do Chesed, hey, sure, with pleasure, I'll do it for you, or 50 50. Maybe you'll say, Gvura, no, I don't want to do it. Let me think about it. Maybe I'll do it later. However, you express Gvura. So, but the fact is, why would somebody do chesed over gvura? And the answer is because in the shayrish, in the root, chesed is stronger than gvura. So if when someone asks you for something and you're able to do it, sure, chesed, I'm happy to do it. And even if you're not able to do it, you'll try to figure out a way how to do it. Why? Because chesed is stronger than gvura. As a matter of fact, that's why in Kabbalah, the neshama is called Bas, the daughter of a Kayin, a priest. Why? Because Kayin we know is Chesed, and the neshama is Bas, the daughter of a Kayin. So therefore, we naturally do things. So again, the neshama is root, is where is in Chesed, and because the root of the neshama is in Chesed, we will naturally do tremendous and great things. Now, comes along the Rebbe and he explains that, what is his father saying, that this idea, that our neshama is rooted in chesed, and therefore we naturally, we naturally help, and we naturally are kind, that comes from, that's called the amoida of Misa. Why? Because that's the soul's nature. So anytime you do something that's in your soul's nature, whether it's down here or even on high, that's called Misa. Because the natural thing is to follow our emotion. However, and here comes the big punchline, avoidas atstaka. What is avoidas atstaka? When you do more than the nature of the godly soul. Now let's take a moment to talk about this. Again, we have a neshama. Our neshama is rooted in the midot on high. In the midot on high, chesed is stronger. And therefore we naturally do great things. So what does the, what is the, what is, what is the Rebbe's father say? That's Masainu. It's only Masainu. I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. It's not only Maseinu. It's Maseinu. It's wonderful. You want to be Avoida Seinu. You have to do more than the nat- nature of the godly soul. Then it's Avoida. So it's a whole different level of doing things. You know, your, your godly soul wants to do it. That's, that's Misa. As long as it's coming from a natural place, that's Misa. When you're willing and you're able to go way beyond your natural, even from your godly soul, then you go and you get a new stamp, a whole new level, you pick the bar up totally higher, and that's called what? Avaidasenu. Doing more than the natural part of your godly soul. A whole new idea in Chassidus. Doing more than the natural soul's natural um, tendency to do things. That's avoido. So the question is, what is that, and how do we get to that? So the Rebbe is going to explain, he says like this. And what's the issue? 
When the godly soul naturally does chesed, when the godly soul naturally expresses itself, learning, praying, mitzvot, whatever it does, one second, do we forget that the godly soul has a nefesh of Bahamas? We all have an animal soul, and we're all living in Olam Haza. We're living in the physical world. We're living with, with the distractions and concealments. So the fact is, in order for the godly soul to express itself even naturally, does it, is it come easy or does it have to deal with the animal soul? Sure, it has to deal with the animal soul. It has to deal with the animal soul, it has to deal with the world, your animal soul, someone else's animal soul. It has struggles to deal with. But guess what? As long as what is expressing itself the natural godly soul, and even though it has to deal with the animal soul, and the world, that's still Masenu. Why? Because it's your nature. The nature is the godly soul is going to express itself, and to fight to express itself. However, Avoidasenu means that you're willing to go against your own godly soul. That whatever level your godly soul did till now, you're willing to do more than the, more than the godly soul. Tremendous idea. So again, so even though the godly soul has to struggle with the animal soul or with the world, that's still Masainu. When does it become Avoidasenu? When the godly soul is able and willing to go against itself. Now, so the question is, what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. So obviously it's a new idea, and we have to really try to grasp it, and the Rebbe explains it amazingly in this mind. And the Rebbe says like this. In order to understand this, we're going to take a journey now to understand the difference between a tzaddik and a baltshuva. A tzaddik, a righteous person, and someone that's a baltshuva. What's the difference? So we know that tzaddik does all the right things. Does all the mitzvahs. God forbid doesn't sin. Praise, studies, but more importantly, his thoughts are godly, his speech is godly, his action, not only thought, speech, and action, but his essence. It wouldn't even enter his mind a, an illusion, God forbid, to go against Hashem. That's a tzaddik. What is a baltshuva? So a baltshuva, based on Tanya, we're talking about baltshuva of Tanya. We're not talking about baltshuva in the world. What's a baltshuva of Tanya? Someone that... For sure in action, you don't transgress because that would not be a Balchuva. That would be a Russia. Even a, um, in, in speech, again, you're also doing all the right things. In thought, it's also you're also doing the right things. So what is a Balchuva? A Balchuva is you have an urge, you have an inkling, not necessarily to do the right thing or to do the wrong thing, or not necessarily to say the, the right thing or maybe say the wrong thing, and the same thing with speech. But nevertheless, the Balchuva works on himself and has to struggle to do the right thing. So with a tzaddik, he's an autopilot. Life is autopilot. Balchuva struggles. Now the Balchuva, when he struggles, he reaches great places. As we know, it says in the Talmud, in a place where a Balchuva reaches, a tzaddik can never reach. So the question is, we, we just gave the Hagdorah. We broke down what a tzaddik is and what a Balchuva is. But the, and we said the Balchuva is much more powerful. But the question is, why, why is a Balchuva much more powerful than a Tzaddik? A Tzaddik never even had the dream of doing anything wrong. The Balchuva, because he was able to overcome his challenge, therefore he's in a much higher place. Why is he considered in a much higher place? So the Rebbe explains he's on, a Balchuva is in a much higher place for two reasons. And that's as follows. Because we know that every single Neshama, when it comes down to this world, there's the revealed part of the Neshama, the way you live your life, and then there's the concealed part of your Neshama. A tzaddik, when he comes down to this world, 
So he's living. How's he living? He's living what is revealed in the Shema. Does he ever have to go in to the storage house and to the reservoirs to pull out the tremendous um, storehouses of treasures? No, he doesn't need it. He prays, he studies, he does mitzvot, he's never distracted. He just uses the tools that he has. A Baltshuva, on the other hand, he struggles. Thought, speech, and action. His regular tools aren't working for him. Because if they were working for him, he wouldn't have to struggle so much. So what happens when he goes through a, tr when a struggle? The Baltshuva goes into the storehouse of all the powerful tools that the Neshama has that's normally concealed, and he reveals those tools. So the first difference between a tzaddik and a Baltshuva is that a tzaddik never accesses any hidden treasures of the godly soul. The Baltshuva, on the other hand, he has to go deep within, and he has to pull out powerful treasures that exist there. That's one difference. Another difference is that a, a tzaddik doesn't create anything new. He's on the conveyor belt of life. Nothing new. It's standard. You can predict what his life is going to be like. He's going to do all the right things, say all the right things, think all the right things. Life is good. A Baltshuva, unfortunately, trips once in a while. So what happens is when he has to deal with, with, with failures in life and challenges that unfortunately that he went through that you can, you can say possibly right now he's at a loss. But he goes back and he does tshuva. When he does tshuva, in Hebrew it's called zdoinois, something that was a negative, he transforms it to azachios, to positive. When he does that, he's actually taking things that fell into a negative space and he brings it back to a positive space. So what is the avoid of a baltshuva? Two things. One is he brings out inner powers that the tzaddik never brings out. And number two is he literally brings new cards to the table that never existed. That's the power of a Balchuva. Now, based on this, the Rebbe says as follows. And this is very, very powerful. This same idea we said that between a tzaddik and a Balchuva applies to every single neshama that comes down to this world. The Rebbe says... Before the neshama, a baby is born, the neshama is on high. So the neshama is on high, that means it's pure. The neshama on high is like a level of a tzaddik. The minute the neshama comes down into this body, guess what? It's dealing with the body. It's dealing with the animal soul. It's dealing with challenges. It's dealing with life. Every neshama, the minute it enters the body, it goes from being called a tzaddik to being called a balchuvah. Every neshama. So, so the Rebbe says over here in, in, in the Mimer. So every single neshama in this world, every single person is a Baal Why? A tzaddik you were before you came into the body. Once you came into the body, now you're a Baal Now, what happens once you become this Baal So you're dealing with what? With your body and your animal soul. So the neshama has to fight to express itself. So every neshama has to bring out inner powers. That's number one. Number two is, every neshama that comes into the body and has to deal with the body and the animal soul creates new light that never existed before. So again, so the neshama does two things. Number one is, it brings out hidden powers that was never revealed before on high. On high he was a tzaddik, but he never, he never pulled out inner powers. Here he pulls out inner powers, that's point number one. And point number two is that the neshama in this world 
creates new light that never existed before. He takes doinois, sins, and he transforms them to zachiyos when he does tshuva, when he repents. Now, what does the Rebbe say? Which level is higher? Just bringing out inner powers or actually transforming negative to positive? What's even more, so obviously bringing out inner power is amazing. You're bringing out new, new artillery, spiritual artillery, new ammunition that never existed before in a revealed way. But when you actually take zdoinus, when you take faults and you take challenges that failed and you transform them, that's obviously much higher. Obviously, that's a much higher level. So the Rebbe says, what happens when the Neshama has to deal with the body, and it has to deal with the Nevesh Bahamas, and it has to transform the body, and it has to transform the animal soul. So what it does is, not only does it elevate these powerful sparks and brings it to Hashem as a gift, but guess what? There's an elevation that takes place in the godly soul. Not only in the world. There's actually a real elevation that takes place in the godly soul. As Rebbe explains like this, Take, let's look, let's analyze for a minute the godly soul. The godly soul loves Hashem. Talk to them, have a conversation with you, and never shall kiss. You never shall kiss loves God. Now, and it's great. And it's even willing to go on self-sacrifice for God. It loves God. But now, this, that the godly soul wants to go on self-sacrifice to God, or loves God, what is that? So in Kabbalah, it's called, it's that is, it's Metzius. That is what it is. You wouldn't expect different. If you speak to the godly soul, say, hey, listen, do you love God? For sure. Would you expect them to say no? No, because that's what it is. The godly soul loves God. So the Metzius, the, the, the godly soul of who the godly soul is, it loves God. The animal soul, does it love God? No. The animal soul loves a good piece of uh, steak or sushi or food or drink, having a good time. That's what the animal soul lo loves. It's not bad and good. That's, that's the, that's the Metzius. What is an animal soul? Likes doing animalistic things, selfish things, enjoyable things, physical enjoyment we're talking about. It likes taking care of itself. That is what the animal soul is. Comes along the godly soul and has a conversation with the animal soul and says, guess what? You know, you love all these beautiful things. That's great. It's wonderful. Enjoy it. Make a bracha first. There's a God in the world. Why should I, why should I give it myself? I mean, I just love, I love life. However, the godly soul, if the godly soul is good, and all the godly souls we know are great, inspires the animal soul to realize there's greater loves of life than something physical. Spiritual love. It's a higher level of love. And guess what? The animal soul buys it. Wow. You know what? I thought that I was like enjoying the world by eating and drinking. Guess what? It's enjoyable. But to have a relationship with Hashem, to have a spiritual godly revelation, whoa, it's off the chart. So what happens then is the godly soul starts loving Hashem. Now, when the, the animal soul starts loving Hashem. Now, when the animal starts loving Hashem, is that its metzius of who the animal soul is? No. It's animal soul really, it's default setting for the animal souls to love physical things. When the animal soul starts loving Hashem, yes, it's amazing. He's going to have a much greater time, but it's not who it is, who he is, who she is. 
So what has to happen is it has to go through an experience which is called in Kabbalah and Chesidut. The, the animal still has to become bitl b'metzias. It has to give up who it is. It has to give up its natural identity. So for the godly soul to love God, that's who it is. He didn't sacrifice anything. That's what he does. For the animal soul, and that's why the animal soul starts loving Hashem, and he gives up maybe eating or drinking things for sure that are not kosher after sure, but even let's say you enjoy it and you instead, but you, you self-sacrifice, instead of learning, instead of eating, you go and you learn a little bit, or you eat a little later, and meanwhile you, you pray, or you do a mitzvah, maybe instead you give half to someone else. So that's a, not a natural thing. So you have to pat the animal soul on the back. Why? Because it gave up its mitzvah, it gave up its essence of who it is. Now, what happens is, who inspired the animal soul to give up its essence? The godly soul. The godly soul never gave up its essence. It was a natural thing. But what happened, the godly soul inspired the animal soul to give up of itself. It inspired it to be bottled and see us. You know what happens then? The godly soul says, wow. If the animal soul is willing and ready to be bottled and see us, I never did that. I never did it. I never had to do it. But look at it. It's, it technically reached, it, it did reach a higher level than I did. Even though true, I love God. But I didn't give anything up to love God. The animal soul gave up. It gave up who it is. So the animal soul, by its going bitl b'metzias, inspires the godly soul to have bitl b'metzias. So what happens then is that the love for Hashem shouldn't be from its natural self. The love for Hashem should be by giving up itself. In other words, the love should be not because the godly soul wants to love Hashem from itself, but it's actually loving Hashem for, for, for Hashem. Now, let's think about this for a second. What did the Rebbe's father say? Masenu means when you're doing something which is natural to you. Means, meaning to say practically, when the godly soul loves Hashem and serves Hashem from its own place, which is great, that's Masenu. What's Avodosenu? When the godly soul is willing to give up itself to serve Hashem. So it has to stop loving Hashem because it appreciates and understands it, and that's who it, its Messias is. But it has to start loving Hashem, not mitzad, in, in the words of Kabbalah, it's called not mitzad the Oyev, the person that's loving, but mitzad the Nehav, mitzad because of Hashem, the one that you are loving. Then you go on the level of Oydaseinu. And the Rebbe says, the same applies to the world. Meaning it says like this, the world is a world. Oilam, Helam, God is concealed in the world. But what happens when, even though God's concealed, you're able to reveal the godliness of Hashem in the world. So when you look at the world, do you see Hashem or do you see, the, God, you see a world? You see a world. You see Olam. You see concealment. You see Helam. Our job is to reveal the godliness in the world. It's not natural. So what happens once we start revealing the godliness in the world? We realize, whoa, the world is willing to give itself up for Hashem. So therefore, we should also give up ourselves for Hashem. So based on this, the Rebbe says, and he now goes into an emotional part of the Mimer, where he talks about the fact that the Rebbe's father, we know, went into Gullus. He went in exile from a serious nefesh. The Rebbe's father lived in the time when observing Torah, doing mitzvot, inspiring others to do mitzvot, was a real serious nefesh, real self-sacrifice. So 
we know that people that went in mysterious nefesh, they're willing to really give up their life. And we know, unfortunately, the Rebbe writes of here very painfully that because of his suffering, when in Gullus, he eventually died early. And he only died early because he was willing to go on Messias Nefesh for keeping Judaism alive, which is another whole subject. There's many, many books and articles written about it, and I would inspire you all to go ahead and read about the history of the Rebbe's father. But the Rebbe goes on to say like this. Based on this, we're going to understand why and the tremendous quality of those that actually went on Messias Nefesh. And as I never says, like his father went on Messias Nefesh. And he died at young age, all to suffering. So I've asked a simple question. What's wrong with wanting to go on Messias Nefesh? I am saying I'm ready to give my life for Hashem. No, that's not Messias Nefesh. It's wanting to. Messias Nefesh is actually giving up your life for Hashem. What's wrong with just wanting? And we all know the famous story in the Gemara. Rabbi Kiva always said that he had a yearning. Rabbi Akiva, he he, every time he said Shema, he said, I yearned. When will I go Messias Nefesh? So if someone has such a strong yearning, they're willing to go Messias Nefesh. It's real. They're not, they're not playing games. They're saying, I am willing to go Messias Nefesh. What's wrong? With, why, can't, why can't wanting be considered Messias Nefesh? So the Rebbe says, based on what we just learned before, that there's a big difference between Ma'asenu, and avoidoseinu, meaning to say is, there's something which is part of your natural instinct of your godly soul. And when your godly soul goes against its natural instinct, so when a person wants to go on a serious nefesh, that's great. It's beautiful. Really, a tremendous level. But did you create anything new? No. When a person actually goes on a serious nefesh, then you actually create a new powerful spark. What's the new powerful spark that gets created by Yusir's Nefesh? And the Rebbe says like this. The first thing the Rebbe says is that, let's say somebody comes to you and says, God forbid, hey, bow down to an idol or I'm going to kill you. We all know, comes to Messias Nefesh, obviously if you read the Rambam, there's different halachot, if it's in public and private, but let's say in cases where you have to go on Messias Nefesh. The person that's causing you to go, to, to God forbid, go against God, why is the person doing it? Obviously, there's holy sparks in that person. And when you don't listen to the person, and you actually go on a serious nefesh, the Rebbe says you actually elevate the holy sparks in that person that you didn't allow them to cause you to desecrate God's name. So that's number one. So you created a new spark. If you just wanted to go on a serious nefesh, you wouldn't elevate that spark. In order to actually elevate the spark in the person that's causing you to go on a serious nefesh, you actually have to go on a serious nefesh. Number two, the Rebbe says, when a person goes on Messias Nefesh, think for a moment, not the godly soul. The animal soul wants to go on Messias Nefesh. The animal soul wants to live. Why would he want to go on Messias Nefesh? Oh, so what happens? You actually inspired your animal soul to go on Messias Nefesh. So the, there was a chiddush, a new idea that was done that the Nefesh of Bahamas is ready to go on Messias Nefesh. That's the second powerful thing that you accomplished. The third thing the Rebbe says is, it actually causes the godly to go, to go on a serious nefesh, which is the idea of bittel. But why? Because generally speaking, the godly soul lives a great life. It's connected to God. It never has to give itself up. 
But when it comes to real mysterious nefesh, not only is the animal soul going on mysterious nefesh, but the same thing also, who's going on mysterious nefesh? The godly souls are going on mysterious nefesh, which is a chiddush, which is a novel idea that the godly soul itself is willing to give up its life for Hashem. And the Rebbe explains this even deeper <clears throat> based on... Um, we all know when Hashem, before Hashem created the world, so what happened then, there was the infinite light existed all over. The infinite light of Hashem was all over. So how do you create from infinite light to a finite world? There has to be so called something which is a tzimtzum. Now, a tzimtzum, there's, generally speaking, it's a subject on its own, we got many, many classes on it, but generally speaking, there's two types of tzimtzumim. The, there's one type which is called the Tzimtzum Rishon, the first Tzimtzum, which is actually a concealment, 100% concealment. And then later on, there's these different levels of Tzimtzumim, where it's basically, it's a um, downgrade of the light. So it's more like quality versus quantity. But I don't want to get into right now the different levels of Tzimtzum, I just want to talk about the first one. So the first Tzimtzum, is called, we call it the Tzimtzum Rishon, the first Tzimtzum. So what happened? Infinite light was all over. Now, from the infinite, you have no finite, no finite world. What did Hashem have to do? He had to create a symptom. What happens when Hashem creates a symptom? Nothing exists. Nothing. After nothing exists, Hashem brings down a finite light into the world. Now, so think for a second. When Hashem, before He created the symptom, where, where was the infinite light? All over. After Hashem creates the first symptom, God can see contracted the light, what happens now? There's no light. So th seemingly it's a downgrade. It's 100%. There's no light now. But what happened after the Tzimtzum? Because that was the ingredient to create the light of this world. In order to create light in this world, there had to be a downgrade. And the Rebbe actually says, based on this, is the source of every single downgrade in this world, that the purpose of any time you go through a challenge, any time you go through a concealment, any time you go through a downgrade, it's a downgrade, just like the first symptom. And that's the shayrish, that's the root of it. But the goal is not for the downgrade, the goal is for the light to come into it. Now, what happens after the symptom? So again, so before the symptom, the infinite light was there. Then you had a concealment, a downgrade, and then you have the light that comes in. When the light comes in into the world afterwards, you have two things that happen. Number one is that you have a light that was never able to be in the physical world, and all of a sudden now you have a light that can come into the world. That's the first thing. The second thing the Rebbe says is that through the symptom, there's actually a new light that never existed before. Obviously in a very, very deep, concealed, subconscious way it existed. But this new light never existed before. So what happens is, by after the symptom, two things happened. One is that there was able to become a light into the world that before wasn't. And so there's something that was concealed, now became revealed, before the world could not receive the light. And the second is, a brand new light that never existed could come, could come into the world. Now, What, the first level, the one that existed before that came in, so it was consistent, that first light existed before the Timsum, and now it's coming into the world. The second level of light that never existed before. So based on this, Rebbe explains, we all know that it speaks about when Mashiach comes, so we all know this different, Maimari uh, Chazal, say what's going to happen. So one place it says, God's going to make a feast, huge feast. And another place it says, no, there's not going to be any eating or drinking when Mashiach comes. So what does that mean? Is there going to be a feast? There's not going to be any eating and drinking. Strebber explains very simple. 
There's two periods when Mashiach comes. We already mentioned before, we'll go over again. There's one period, the first period, called Yemois HaMashiach. The days of Mashiach. And the second, when it's going to be even a greater revelation, is called Chiyas HaMaisim. When the dead are going to be resurrected. In the first level, Yemois HaMashiach, then the pleasure can be felt. So in Yemois HaMashiach, you're going to have the big barbecue, the big smorgasbord, the big feast that Hashem is going to make. That's when Yemois HaMashiach. However, in, Yemo, in, in Trias HaMesim, the revelations are going to be so high, you're not going to be able to f- enjoy a physical thing. Who wants a physical thing? It's going to be much higher. So the Rebbe says, in the first level of Yemois HaMashiach, there's going to be a feast. You'll be able to enjoy the world. What type of light is going to be there? The light that existed before. Trias HaMesim, no feast. Not an enjoyment that can be felt. What kind of light is going to be there? Over there, you're going to have the much deeper light that did not, that not uh, exist before. So based on this, the is very, very simple. Obviously, we all know there's a uh, concept in the Gemara. It says, schar mitzvah mitzvah. What does that mean, schar mitzvah mitzvah? That when a person does a mitzvah, that is the reward. Notice, when you do a mitzvah, the type of mitzvah causes that type of reward. The level that you do it causes the level of reward. So based on the Torah, it's very simple. When we do our avoida in this world, I shouldn't use the word avoida, when we do our Torah mitzvahs in this world, on the level of ma'asenu, what does it mean, ma'asenu, as we already learned? We're doing it, whatever we're able to do, without going more than, the nefesh, more than our nature. So what happens is we, we create the light of Yemoisa Mashiach. The light that already existed before. However, when we do the avoid of avoid seinu, when we do more than our nature, or as the Rebbe explained, more than the nature of the godly soul, then we bring about our revelation, the revelation of Trias HaMesim, which is much higher. And it was the revelation of what? And I'll say in the words of Kabbalah and Chidut, the revelation of the Oy Chodosh, or Hela Ma'atzmi. So, Schar mitzvah mitzvah means when we do our avoidah. So if you do whatever you're naturally going to do, that's great. You're going to have tremendous reward. Reward when we're? Yemoisim Mashiach. Limited reward. Things that technically existed before. If we do more than our nature, then we actually create storehouses of treasures when from Trias HaMesim, which we're obviously we're going to have much greater and much more powerful uh, revelations. So based on this, the Rebbe explains beautifully that um, what, it's, what the Parsha says, of Tishmun. So what does it mean, Eikav Tishmun? That, what do we say, what is Eikav Tishmun? We're going to listen for sure. What does it mean we're going to listen for sure? Because since we know that, we, why did Hashem create this world? Hashem created this world, as it says in Kabbalah, Nisava HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Baruch Dir Hashem wanted, he had a taiva, he, he had a tremendous desire to create a dwelling place that the light of Hashem should be felt weird in this world. What type of light? The deepest light. So since Hashem had a desire for the deepest light to come down to this world, so it's for sure that we're going to make sure that that dream of Hashem happens. And it's going to happen on both levels. One is that we're going to have the light that existed before, and the set, which, which will happen in Yemayis Mashiach, and be the light, that, a brand new light, which we're going to have in Tchiyas HaMesim.
But the Rebbe says, what do you mean? But we have free will. We have free will. So true we have free will. But, the Rebbe, but Hashem also promised us that nobody's going to be left behind. And everyone, obviously, since everyone, no one's going to be left behind, so we're all going to fulfill the dream of Hashem. What's going to happen is we're going to do it in two ways. Another like this. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it through Maseinu Vavoyidaseinu. So what does Maseinu mean? We're going to do based on the godly soul's nature, but more than the animal soul's natural nature. Any avoid is more than the animal soul's natural nature. And we're also we're going to do Avoyidaseinu, we're going to do more than the nat- nature of the godly soul. So here they're reduced to a whole new idea of Eketishmun. Yes, for sure we're listening. Why? Because since Hashem wanted no one's going to be left behind. So therefore we, we will make sure no one will be left behind. How will we do that? By doing our avoidah. More than Masenu, more than the na- nature of the animal soul and the same nature of the godly soul. And avoidah saying we're all going to do more than the nature of the godly soul which will give us the light when? Not only in Yom Mashiach, but in um, Tchiyas HaMesim. And Rebbe connects this to the idea of what? That we said that um, Ekev is referring to Ikvas the Mashiach. Why is it so important that before Mashiach comes? Because we all know as it's getting close to the Mashiach, the darkness is going to get stronger. And unfortunately, as we all know, the darkness has been gotten stronger. And everyone knows what's going on in the world right now between the, the virus and the struggles and the challenges and the fighting and all the darkness which we don't have to spell out. But what happens is when you have the darkness, you can never you can fall, you can give up hope, and you can fall never into the darkness. But on the contrary, a yid knows that the purpose of the darkness is to create an opportunity for transformation. That even though you have every reason, where's Hashem and all the excuses, but no, we're going to do more than the nature of not only animal soul, but we're going to do more than the nature of the godly soul. And this way we'll be able to bring about the greatest light, light that never existed, which will come about and be revealed when... Um, in not only in Yemaisa Mashiach, but also in Tchiyas Mesim. But then the Rebbe says, one second. So what is it all about? It's all about creating a new light. Creating something new. What we just say in the whole Maimah, who creates new stuff? Who creates the new light? A Balchuva. Because the Balchuva struggles. And because he's a Balchuva, he struggles, so he brings new light. A Tzaddik that doesn't struggle, how's he going to bring about the new light? For, and as we know, it says in, in, in many places, for a tzaddik, exile doesn't even exist. So how is he going to create transformation? So the Rebbe says that when a tzaddik goes on Messiris Nefesh, obviously he's referring now here to uh, the Rebbe's father, when he went on Messiris Nefesh, that causes, obviously, the greatest transformation. Not only the greatest transformation, the Rebbe says, he actually elevates literally from Shalash Klippas Atmeis. And we know this Klippas Noiga. Klippas Noiga is neutral, neutral territory, which we have the power to elevate. Three impure Klippas we can't elevate. But when a tzaddik goes in Messias Nevis, not only does he elevate Klippas Noiga, but he actually elevates from Shalash Klippas Atmeis. And the, the Rebbe says, and here's something very, very powerful, and this is really amazing, um, and it's important, if you, you just get this point, it's amazing. The Rebbe says like this, that... Once a tzaddik goes on Messias Nefesh, and again, he's referring to his father, and he elevated the three klippas at Meis, and so that gift of elevating Shalish klippas at Meis, and the, the gift of transformation which happens through his Messias Nefesh, which causes the great light of that never existed before, which will be revealed in Tchiyas Meis, Nefesh says like this, that is drawn down to his children and his students, biological students, 
biological children and students. What, 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 how do you become a student? By learning his teachings. And when a person learns the teachings, in this case, of the Rebbe's father who went in Messias Nefesh, everything that he went through and everything that he accomplished gets drawn down into us. And therefore, the Rebbe says, you're not going to have to have any more tests. We will not need any more tests. And for sure, we're not going to have to have Messias Nefesh. Why? Because the, the Rebbe's father did it already. But if you want to buy into it and the benefits, learn his Torah. And Baruch Hashem, they actually printed now a uh, five, five volume set. You can read. So, there's so many Torahs of the Rebbe. You have it online. The, Rebbe, the, the Rebbe's father's teachings are very, very powerful, very, very deep Kabbalah stuff. But look what you get. When you connect to the Rebbe's father, you're not going to have to go on Messias Nefesh. What you're going to have to have is Messias and You're going to have to give over your Ratzin to Hashem. Messias Nefesh, you're not going to have to do. And... Um, and once we do this, the Rebbe finishes off with a beautiful blessing. Once we connect to the Rebbe's father by learning his teachings, the Rebbe says, we will be able to do our, our Masenu, which means going against our Nefesh of Bahamas, which is standard for Nefesh kiss, and our Avodah But in what type of way, the Rebbe says? Beautiful blessings with Menucha. You're relaxed, comfortable, peace of mind, tranquil, Harchava, abundance, literal abundance, Rebbe says. Simcha, joy, real joy, tuv levav, gladness of heart. And Rebbe finishes off that will fulfill the promise of Ikitsu, Veranu, Shoichni, Afar, all those that passed away will be resurrected. And obviously the Rebbe's father will be them. And we'll all go um, together, standing up to Eret Yisrael with Mashiach, Ba'agala, Didan, Mamish. So as you can tell, this is a very, very, very powerful Hasidic discourse. It's a Hasidic discourse, which in itself, anytime you learn Hasidic is amazing. But I think two, I mean, the whole, the whole Hasidic discourse is great, but there's two major points that ever brings out in this discourse, which I think is very, very important, is that we have to not only transform our animal soul, but we have to transform our godly soul. We have to make, inspire our godly soul to do more than it naturally wants to do. As explained in depth in the Mimer, how to do it and how, it's, how, how it happens. And we all should connect to the Rebbe's father by learning his teachings, because when we learn his teachings, we'll obviously have um, all the, the struggles that he went through, we we'll transformed, and we won't have to do it. And all we have to do is have a mysterious Haratzin. And but the goal is, again, to transform our, our Nefesh Rahamas for sure, but even to elevate our Nefesh Kiss to go to a higher level. And let's hope that in the schools of learning the Mimer of the Rebbe with the explanation of the Rebbe's father, as Rebbe finishes off, we'll have all the brachas, Begashmias, Baruchnias, and as Rebbe finishes off, the ultimate bracha of Bias Mashiach Titkeno. Um, very, very soon, and we'll all be going together to your Shlayim Irakoidish. Thanks so much for joining us for our Chesidic Discourse, and uh, let's hope the next Chesidic Discourse will be taught in your Shlayim Irakoidish with Mashiach Tidkeno.